0: When I was in, I think, first grade, I learned a song that um, always is in my head at this time of year. And it's, you know, Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. All the stockings were hung by the chimney with care." And as I thought about that, and the song that goes with it, I considered all the ways that we prepare for Christmas. Now of course Christmas is the day in which we celebrate the birth of Christ and that's a historical event but Christmas is also the day in which we invite Christ back into our lives to be born again if you will in our souls to infuse us in a brand new way and so in that way I think the preparation part of Advent this season before Christmas actually makes a lot of sense because for those of us it's one of the easiest metaphors we have in church sometimes they're hard but this one makes sense because we prepare and we do that we're really good at preparing physically right like how many of you are really into Christmas decorations and yeah I am I I go crazy with it No, but for me I do is there anyone who doesn't do any decorations for Christmas no, So everybody does something, right? So that's a form of preparing. But then we also, some of us give presents, right? Maybe you do like a white elephant with your friends. Maybe you exchange gifts with, with your family. Maybe your family's decided that's wasteful and you want to do something else. We give gifts even though we prob- we usually say we're not going to do it and then everybody shows up with the gift so you anyway but there these are the ways that we prepare i mean even just like the grocery shopping for the meal and making travel plans if we're going somewhere and then of course i've gotten really i, I you know this is controversial but i really do appreciate this the commercial industry particularly in cosmetics, but maybe it's just cosmetics that I see because of who I am and the ways the algorithms get me. But anyway, they are celebrating Advent too. So you can get, you know, all kind whatever your favorite product is, has an Advent calendar, which is weird, but I like it because at least it tells people about Advent. It extends the season a bit and it gets us ready for all that is to come. So we are really, really, really good at preparing for Christmas. There are many ways we do it. But Advent, though, then gives us a time to spiritually prepare as well. All the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hope. And hope is something we cling to. There's a sense of hope that is assigned to Christmas that we might not necessarily think about if we don't actually reflect on it more intentionally. That anticipation happens with the hope that God will do something. And we need hope. We need peace. We need love. We need joy. We need Jesus. Jesus is relevant. So, what is Advent? Advent means the start of something. It's the start of the church year, and just, you know, for a church geek thing, but it also means like a receiving. Something is coming. It's an anticipation that more is to come, but there's something we all need to do to be ready for what God has in store for us, now next week I'm really excited because we have our cantata and we'll sing and we'll really enjoy each other in music because Christmas music is my favorite thing too and we'll sing the carols and join us for New Year's Eve uh, for, sorry for Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve as we do that on Sunday but we are going to sing the carols soon. And there's time for all this noise that goes around Christmas. But the lovely thing about Advent is right now we get to be quiet. Now, quiet is not my favorite thing. And when I was just in the Holy Land recently, uh, last July, which I'm glad I was able to do because of all that's happening now, but I had the great Privilege of being able to travel to the Golan Heights and um, that is in an area that is right by Syria and it's contested with Syria so it's not always safe and you know there's a lot going on you can see you know the mountains just beyond you are part of Syria which is not a friend of Israel's so in this sort of tense space that is really beautiful you see why they fight over it because it's lush and gorgeous and hilly. They took us deep into, in these four by fours, deep into the mountains. And the ride was one of those rides where you hold on for your dear life and wonder why you ate before you got in the car. You know, have you ever been on one of those rides? So we go up into the mountains. And because the ride was so long, I didn't quite understand what we were after. But I was there with a group of clergy about six rabbis and six African-American pastors, and we went to the mountain. And this mountain was a particular holy site. I don't even remember why. But it's especially important to the Kabbalah tradition, that part I know. And some of the great sages have all gone there, all gone there to sit and meditate and experience God in the silence. And so we sat down in those mountains, on the mountain. And anybody who knows me knows I'm not a contemplative, but I really pushed myself to experience something in the quiet, and each of us got a little section of our mountain. And as I sat there, I started to hear the wind howling. And the text that they gave us came from this time when when Elijah went out into the mountains himself and experienced God in the sound of sheer silence. And I finally understood what that meant, because as the wind started to howl and the trees started to rustle, they taught me something about receiving God in a new way, because God speaks in silence God works in the sound of the rustling wind. God shows up in the trees that billow and wave before us. We just have to attune ourselves to see. So I talk about the silence. Yes, of course, um, you know, literally, but sometimes we experience the silence of God just because we aren't hearing from God in the way that we want or anticipate. And what I would like to share with you and what came to me on that mountainside that afternoon was that God was taking a time, this has been a challenging time in my life, God was taking that challenge to prepare me for something big, for the next huge blessing. And sometimes when we're comfortable, when we just think we, you know, are settled in our ways and and we've got it all going, it can be hard to remember to look for and listen to God. And sometimes that form of suffering, not that God causes suffering, no, I don't believe that, But I do believe that God reaches into our suffering so that we can be prepared for the next big blessing. Every time I listen to someone who's just come through a rough moment, um, I hear them say, I wouldn't have been ready. I wouldn't have even recognized what God was doing in my life if I hadn't gone through that rough spot. It changed me. It opened me up. And people say that the strongest moments of blessing in their lives have come through at the end of some real hardship, through their hardest trials. And maybe that means something about how God prepares us to receive that blessing. Christmas is a blessing. So what I would like to do is something I haven't done exactly with you. We've done something similar, but I want to give us a moment in this loud city to experience the closest we can to silence, just as a practice. If you have a meditation practice, you might draw on that. If you have a prayer practice, draw on that. But I'm going to give you two whole minutes, which is going to seem really long at first, And then it's going to seem really short at the end. That's kind of how that goes. It should be three, but I can't do that to you. So we're going to spend some time reflecting on this question. How, God, are you using my struggles right now to prepare me for the next blessing? You got it? I can repeat that for you. How is God using you right now to prepare you for the next blessing? And if you want a mantra, you might say, prepare me, God. Prepare me. Two minutes. Let's pray and meditate. Thank you so much for joining us for this element of worship. We are so grateful that you have entrusted the park with this moment to hear music, to listen to the word of God, whatever it may be. And we just ask for your support. The park only functions with the generous donations of people like you. And 100% of your donation goes to the incredible ministries of this church, which give and give and give again. Thank you for the ways that you give in advance and for all that you might be ready to give in the future. God bless you, and amen.